Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock Joe Hawkset won the election today. Joe Hawkset will once again be the mayor of Indianapolis. My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. Tony Kennett from the Daily Signal is here. And you guys know me. I wear my heart on my sleeve. You are probably not going to find a group of people that hate, and hate's a strong word, Tony, but hate Joe Hogsett the way the Hammer family does. Right. We live in Indianapolis. Our family lives in Indianapolis. I'm a lifer. With the exception of the Ball State years, I have been here my whole life. Joe Hogsett is a vulnerable candidate. He's an unlikable candidate. Even Democrats were trying desperately to primary Joe Hogsett. Right. But today... Jefferson Shreve, the Republican, the Republican candidate, rolls out his crime prevention plan, and he wants to do the exact same things to law-abiding citizens that Joe Hogsett rolled out a couple weeks ago, and we all laughed at. So Shreve rolled out his public safety plan And his gun plan is exactly what Joe Hogsett wants. It's wanting Indianapolis to ultimately ban military-style rifles. Which there's no definition for. Raise the minimum age to 21 full-time. Prohibit constitutional carry. And already, if you think I'm being sensational, if you think I'm taking something out of context, they've already got propaganda out celebrating this. Here's the truth. Jefferson Shreve supports a ban on assault weapons and the repeal of permitless carry. It's part of his plan to make Indy safe. Get the police back at full strength and invest more in mental health because public safety will be Shreve's number one priority from day one. Read the plan at shreveformayor.com. So according to Jefferson Shreve, the Republican, law-abiding citizens like myself that conceal carry... I have never been arrested. Now, I know people might find that hard to believe, (laughs) and I get that. I may have been close a few times, but I have never been arrested. I'm a law-abiding citizen. I vote. I pay my taxes. I take care of my family. If I conceal carry, Jefferson Shreve thinks I'm the problem in Indianapolis. And Tony Kennett, it breaks my heart because Joe Hogsett was beatable, but then the Republican Party... And Jefferson Shreve goes straight candy ass. I mean, absolute candy ass. And they're going to allow him to become a third-term mayor in this city. I'm pissed off. I'm disgusted at Jefferson Shreve. And earlier today... Somebody from his campaign came to the Hammer House and, you know, they're knocking on doors. They're asking who wants a yard sign. Let me make this perfectly clear. If you're going to be this much of a weenie and you're going to be so soft and be Joe Hogshead 2.0, you can take your yard sign and stick it somewhere where the sun doesn't shine. I'll tell you this. I'm really getting just fed up to the point of no return with the way that the Indiana GOP is running elections. So if you are a county chair or in a county part of the Indiana GOP, 
So if you're running Marion, Hancock, Henry County, whatever, one of the county GOPs or the state GOP, you have a job. That is to vet candidates. That is to bring in someone who wants to run for office in the Republican Party and determine what values they have and whether they are congruent with the people in the state of Indiana. And when you have the Republican candidate who's supposed to be for upholding the U.S. Constitution, that's supposed to be for individual liberties and rights, and instead you run on banning AR-15s, which, by the way, just for just so that we all are clear, it's not just uh, young, straight, white Republican guys who are interested in buying AR-15s. Indianapolis has one of the highest saturation points for black and Hispanic individuals who own AR-15s. They want to protect their homes. They're law-abiding citizens. I was held up at gunpoint in a Dollar General on the east side until I pulled out my concealed weapon. The guy that was across from me who had not pulled out his concealed weapon when he held me up, I guarantee you did not go and get that pistol legally. Why are we trying to cripple law-abiding, concealed-carrying, constitutional-carrying conservatives, liberals, progressives, independents, everyone from protecting themselves? Shreve is a coward. He has no idea what he's doing, and he deserves to lose. This was a Hail Mary from Joe Hogsett, because let's be real, the Indiana General Assembly is never going to allow any of this to happen. And Shreve knows that, but he goes out there today and says, well, I think I've got a different way of approaching the members of the Indiana State House. And he laid in it. He's like, I have a different way. I can get these done because I'm different. I'm different than Hogsett. No, you're not. You are Hogsett 2.0. To the letter. These are literally Hogsett's prescriptions for gun control for Indianapolis. And by the way, the Supreme Court has already ruled this unconstitutional. I don't care what you try to pass. The Indiana General Assembly is never going to pass those kind of gun restrictions. Even if you got the Indianapolis Council to pass something like this, SCOTUS already overturned it. So now you're also lying to voters. You're not going to be able to get this through. You are a coward and you're a liar. It's pathetic. And what's frustrating frustrating is you're feeding the ignorant trolls that blame every single shooting on constitutional carry when the fact of the matter is that Indianapolis had 271 homicides in the record-breaking year of 2021. In all of Marion County, there were 281 homicides. That was before constitutional carry. And that's what I asked his comms team this afternoon, because I'm writing an article on this. I'm, we're going to dive in. We're going to expose the whole thing. And one of the things I asked his media team is, what data are you citing that passing this policy is somehow going to make the citizens of Indianapolis safer? Because as we know from the data, Indianapolis has been a violent city downtown for several years before constitutional carry was even a dream in the lower house of the legislature. So get out of here with your posturing ass. The reason you have crime in downtown Indianapolis ramping up from a homicide standpoint the last eight years is because the mayor and now the prosecutor, the gruesome twosome of Boss Hogsett and Ryan Mears, have been incredibly soft on violent repeat offenders. So often, the type of people who commit heinous crimes in Indianapolis are people who can't legally have a firearm in the first place. I mean, think about what just happened with the sheriff's deputy, right? The guy that killed the sheriff's deputy is one of the worst people on the planet. Before that murder, he murdered a woman in cold blood in front of children at a daycare center. That was the same woman that when she was pregnant, he beat the hell out of and then broke into her house. Before that murder, he got one day in jail. 
one day. This is what we're talking about here. These are the issues in Indianapolis. Soft on crime, soft sentencing. The mayor can set the tone. Work with your prosecutor. Tell him, hey, we've got to be tougher. If we all want to stay in power here, if we all want to get reelected, we've got to do better. But that's not what's happening right now. Jefferson Shreve had an opportunity, and I don't know if this is his decision or whoever's running his campaign. No, 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 no. It's his decision because I, I'm, I'm not blaming this on anyone's staffers. Who you hire, you're responsible for. When you make a decision, when you go out in public and you say something, you are responsible for what you say. And if a staffer gave you wrong information, maybe you shouldn't have hired that staffer. Shreve did a whole commercial where he said these things. He had to record what he was saying into a microphone and a camera. You're right. He stands with that. And I'll say another thing. This is fitting the trend of other Indiana Republican mayor candidates in Indianapolis. You have Sue Finkham over in Carmel condemning moms for liberty over nothing and talking about how wonderful pride parades are when you have drag queens shoving their boobs in children's faces. And guess what? Shreve was out praising a pride parade recently. Why can't we put forward actual conservatives or libertarians as Republican candidates? We have to put these corporate Eli Lilly sucking drones who are running for office. His strategy is clearly to reach out to the people who might not normally vote Republican. But who of those people who might not normally vote Republican, who's going to look at the rest of his policies and go, oh, yeah, I'm going to vote Republican. The only way people would ditch a Democrat in Indianapolis is over safety. And it is reaching those types of voters worth losing people like me, losing people like my parents and what I'm seeing on social media, a lot of people in Indianapolis. Unfortunately, this is one of those years where I might have to leave the mayor's race blank on the ballot because I sure as hell am not going to vote for Joe Hogsett. And at this point, there's no way in hell I'm going to vote for Jefferson Shreve. If this kind of lack of backbone and pandering, I mean, this is the same stuff we would beat Joe Hogsett up over. And we did. We did. When he released those things a couple of weeks ago, I was guest hosting on one of the shows. I think it was on with Kendall and Casey, and I lit him up over again those proposals which are not constitutional. The Supreme Court has ruled this year that you cannot do the things that they want to do. You're not going to get, you're not even going to get the Indiana Senate to pass that kind of garbage, much less the Indiana House. The Indiana House will tar and feather you and throw you in a rail car towards Illinois for proposing a piece of legislation like that. It's not law abiding citizens with their guns that are the reason for problems in Indianapolis. There, it's not. There is not a soul on East Cumberland. And we're talking like after you get past the fantastic hot dog place between there and downtown on the east side. And you, you're talking to average people on the street. There is not a person who goes, you know, Jim, I really wish the corporate tax was lower. <laughs> yeah, I, I really wish that, you know, we were putting more money into making our sidewalks maintained. No, maybe it's I hope that we're actually able to fully staff a police department. I hope that we're actually able to send some of these criminals away for more than five minutes until they get out and then murder police officers. They're not wondering whether some Republicans going to dress up like a Democrat and do the hula. You and I took a little trip around Monument Circle before the show. Tony. That we did. And the one thing, and I mentioned this the other day, don't be fooled when you hear Joe Hogsett and his cronies come out and say, look how safe we've made the circle because they've got the putting greens up now and people are sitting down and they're hanging out downtown and it's blocked off. Well, oh, by the way, you're also seeing a police officer, whether it's in a car, on a bike, sometimes on a horse, a lot more than you used to. 
And honestly, if that would have been happening in the past, you wouldn't have had to put the putting greens up on Monument Circle. So he's going to argue this gun-free zone that I've created on the circle. We need to expand it because it's safe. No, the amount of law enforcement that you are putting on Monument Circle right now to make this look like your plan is working is why it's going down. From multiple police departments, by the way. I was talking with someone down there who's from Cumberland, and they asked a friend of theirs on the Cumberland Police Force to drive down here because they didn't think the IMPD was enough. And and again, that brings me back to this. It has never been easier to win an election in the state of Indiana. When you look at the majority of our offices, all the way from mayor to state representative, senator, all the way up to governor, there have never been softer targets. All you have to do is connect with Hoosiers. And yet the Indiana GOP keeps going with that 1980s, 1990s. If we just raise a bunch of money and we knock on the Hammer family door and give them a bunch of yard signs, that that's going to convince someone to win an election. Those strategies don't work. Stop it. Jefferson Shreve lost the election today. And he deserves it. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You set them up and I'll knock them back, Lloyd. One by one. We are going to read Booze News because it's really fun. What's it is, your lips? It's so good. And to present Booze News, Booze News. Yeah. Time for Booze News. Tell me if you're good with this plan here. All right. Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige. So, you're familiar with what NIL money is in college sports, right? That's true. Name, image, likeness. This is how the college athletes at the big universities get some side money, and it's become big business. Well, the Iowa Hawkeyes, they're raising NIL money by selling their own brand of beer in an effort to get uh, more NIL money coming in so they can give to the Hawkeye football program, Hawkeye basketball, Hawkeye women's volleyball, whatever the case may be. They created a custom beer called Swarm Golden Ale, and it rolled out last month. And for every Swarm Golden Ale that sold, 20% of the revenue goes back to fund NIL opportunities for Hawkeye athletes. It's awesome. That's awesome, man. I, I just, I, first of all, I love whenever I see someone like kind of get behind a cause like that anyway. Uh, I think it's kind of funny that a lot of this is for college students. And, you know, <laughs> technically, college students aren't supposed to be, well, you know, we're not going to sit around and pretend, are we? Uh, but at the same time, good. I, I hate getting into, I hate having to watch a lot of college athletes get kind of schlupped over when it comes to, you know, making a little bit on the side for their talents. And if you've ever been to a place like Iowa, especially like middle America, the heartland, right? You know, imagine yourself, you're a Big Ten fan, you're a Hawkeye fan, you're like my friend Scott Long. Not a bad team to be a fan of, honestly. I've always right. the fundamental team. But you know you're not bringing in the same NIL money as, say, Alabama. Or UCLA. Or the U. Or, right. you know, places like that. Ohio State. You can take matters into your own hands now. We may not have the same money coming in from these donors, but we'll drink them under the table. So, start bringing us the uh, the ale 
the swarm golden ale. We're going to get that five-star linebacker. We're going to get that blue-chip basketball player. That's right. Keep drinking, baby. Also, it, it deserves to be said that this is the kind of merch people want. Don't give me your koozies and your frisbees and, and your new quarter-zip hoodie that looks like the last one. I mean, this is something, you know, when you go to a game, you need to grab a beer. I mean, this is kind of cool. It makes sense. Right. And when your wife yells at you, hey, I'm helping college kids That's over right. here. I'm supporting education more than the teachers' unions ever did. Tony, that's your 13th beer. I love education. Back <laughs> off. <laughs> that's how you play that. That's all that is. Uh, we're doing some booze news. Oh, man. Pour a little of your 40 out. Dylan Mulvaney has left America, Tony. Dylan Mulvaney, uh, the trans influencer. I don't even know if that's proper because I don't think Dylan Mulvaney has had the surgery. Right, I don't think there's no, been a surgery, no, he, so it's really just a dude playing dress up. He's, yeah, he still has his Nathans and Hush puppies. So as as far as this guy, first of all, I love this because Bud Light. Remember, did after all of the the chaos, their only half hearted attempt to save face was to make that commercial. We are America's beer. Pick <laughs> right. up trucks, horses running across the street. Like that was their commercial, and now their their flag not flag girl, their flag man in a dress, has now fled the country. So, well done, Bud Light. Way to put your chips on the good table. Did a TikTok in Peru. So, Dylan Mulvaney hanging out in Peru because it's not safe in the United States right now. Meanwhile, CNN was talking about this yesterday, and they had somebody on, and they made the grave mistake of calling Dylan Mulvaney, (gasps) who was still a biological male, him. Well, that melted faces over at CNN. Before we wrap up today, we do want to make an important note. Yesterday in a segment about transgender influencer Dylan Mulvaney, who was featured in Bud Light's recent campaign, she was mistakenly referred to by the wrong pronoun. And CNN aims to honor individuals' ways of identifying themselves, and we apologize for that error. So if I make my pronouns attack helicopter, CNN, in theory, would have to call me an attack helicopter moving Absolutely. forward. Absolutely. You know, got to bring the Charlies in for when you're you're screaming in. I honestly, that just means that you need to come on with a fortunate son whenever you pull up onto <laughs> CNN. I mean, I'm sure that all 13 viewers left over at CNN. Um, I really appreciated the apology. I'm sure that the gender studies basket weaving class at the University of Who Cares were touched. <laughs> it's the Hammer and Nigel show. The Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello. My name is Jason Allen Hammer. Tony Kennett, the Tonus from the Daily Signal, joining us. Well, if you were wondering whose cocaine it was, better luck next year because the Secret Service came out and said, yeah, we're closing the whole cocaine investigation. They claim they're not able to identify the suspect and Secret Service does not have enough evidence to single out a person of interest. Ah, so uh, a few things that are important here to note. Number one, uh, I happen to know that every single inch of the White House, with like the exception of a few bathrooms, are constantly surveilled. And not only are they constantly surveilled, many are surveilled by several different angles. Yes, even outside of public access areas. And they are also store, they store the footage in high definition, the way 
they record it. Now, well, here, what does that mean? That means like it's not like Speedway, which records the footage onto like a potato, which is plugged into a flash a drive. grainy black yeah. and white. Yeah, the things that they film UFOs flying over the Southwest with. No, no, this is actually high quality, good footage. And there's a reason why, by the way. Every room is connected so that they can beam it to, for example, the guys over at Walter Reed Medical in case someone of importance collapses and the doctor needs to see what's going on within seconds. So that's all crap. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on there, Tony. The Secret Service put out a statement that says, quote, there was no surveillance video found that provided any sort of leads uh, or any other means for investigators to identify who may have deposited or found the substance. So, so now what they're, they're claiming is, and so let's dig through the academic speak here. They're saying there was a crowd of people that went to go put their stuff up. We saw them all go shove their stuff into the cubby holes, but we don't want to accuse the person who put their stuff into that cubby hole that that is his cocaine. And by the way, this is what cracks the Hunter Biden thing wide open. I'm not, I said it was a staffer, and there's like 30 or 40 people at the White House on coke. Here you go. But also, the Secret Service comes out and says, you know what? We fingerprinted a bunch of people. We ran the analytics and we just can't figure out who it is. Do you buy any of this? I mean, this is pretty blatant because I've spoken with law enforcement officers before who do not have the access at the White House where, like you claim, cameras are everywhere. They could have had this solved in 30 minutes. Oh, also, did you notice the one test that may be pertinent to this they said they didn't run? Drug testing. I'm glad you bring that up because Marjorie Taylor Greene kind of a flamethrower. Some like her, some don't. She held a little press gaggle to talk exactly about that earlier today. Uh, It makes no sense to me whatsoever why they would not follow through on one simple task, and that is to drug test a list of 500 people that they have um, that are potential suspects for this. When the American people uh, every single day go through drug tests in order to do a job, a job, by the way, that brings them a paycheck where they have to pay their taxes, and guess what? Their tax dollars go to pay for all of our salaries, and they pay for the Secret Service. Um, This is a failure of this investigation to not perform a drug test on these people, uh, this this list of approximately 500 potential potential suspects. Um, There are other concerns there as well. Uh, How there's a cubby box that has a key, how how they found that it left open um, and the drugs were in there. Um, There's also a failure with the, the amount of cameras they have. And I just don't find the excuses on how we can't find out who had cocaine in the White House. Jesse Waters, a friend of the program, on his program last night, made the announcement that he has officially filed a FOIA request to the White House for the surveillance tapes. The Secret Service chief, Kimberly Cheadle, promised us transparency. Being transparent and uh, making sure that we continue to cooperate with all the ongoing investigations is very important to me. So we're going to continue to do that as an agency. And so Cheadle the Weasel has to release the logs now. We put a freedom of information request in for him. We're not going to stop until we get it. We've also requested surveillance footage. Primetime wants to see who went in and out of the library, the cubby area, and outside the situation room. We deserve answers. You deserve answers. They don't want to give us the answers, and that's why the FBI hijacked the investigation. But we're not going to give up. Remember, Primetime got Paul Pelosi's DUI tapes. 
We didn't stop then. We're not going to stop now. So I, I don't really care for Marjorie Taylor Greene either. However, not only was she correct in her statement, but she said it perfectly in, in the way that everyone else has to deal with drug testing. Also, I want to point this out that I'm glad that the FOIA was sent out. I think Jesse Waters is a stellar guy. Uh, I don't think we're going to find anything out. And the reason no one was arrested for this is because, again, I guarantee you it was a staffer, a staffer like 30, 40 other people at the White House who are on coke. D.C. runs on Adderall and cocaine has since the Reagan administration, by the way, and it hasn't stopped when you have to be up at three in the morning, go to sleep and then be up again at five. That is the kind of environment that breeds the Wall Street coke ethic. And let's be honest, the Biden administration is great at covering their backside, whether it's money laundering, whether it's, you know, not claiming a child to this, the Biden administration is good at covering their backside. They use their friends, they use their allies, they phone a friend, and they make sure they skate with all this crap. And by the way, this was actually brought up at a, a CPAC conference a couple of years ago that I was at, in which someone said, I wonder what administration is finally going to have like Coke and other stuff found at the White House. Because again, this isn't even a, a partisan issue, although of course the Biden administration is trying to cover this up. The White House is full of this junk because you're expected to be up 48 hours in a 24-hour day. And I guarantee you that I, I think it's funny that it's them because of Hunter Biden, but this is very typical for D.C. Speaking of Biden, the big guy had a little sit down at NATO with Zelensky, and there was a reporter that yelled out a question to Zelensky. I think it was, how soon do you want to join NATO? You know, and Zelensky you know, kind of smiles, says something. But listen to Joe Biden pop off and be a smart ass at the end. An hour and 20 minutes. You guys asked ridiculous questions. Keep in mind, this is the same Joe Biden that when he gets tired, when he gets sleepy, when he misses Matlock, maybe he's got a diaper full of something, he gets angry and he yells at the press. What a stupid son of a he called Peter Ducey a stupid son of a bleep. Now, let's jump in the hot tub time machine and go back to 1987. This is when Joe Biden freaked out at somebody who called his bluff when Joe Biden was lying about his academic qualifications. I have one real quick question. What law school did you attend and where did you place in that class? And the other question oh, is, could you quickly... I, I think, we I, I, think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do, I suspect. <laughs> I went to law school on a full academic scholarship, the only one in my in my class uh, to have a full academic scholarship. In the first year in law school, I decided I didn't want to be in law school and ended up in the bottom two-thirds of my class and then decided I wanted to stay, went back to law school, and in fact ended up in the top half of my class. I won the international moot court competition. I was the outstanding student in the political science department at the end of my year. I graduated with three degrees from undergraduate school and 165 credits, only need 123 credits, and I'd be delighted Delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. I have one real quick question. And then September 22nd, 1987, shortly after that, the Washington Post 
the WAPO, ran an article basically saying everything Joe Biden just said is full of crap. But he's going to sit up there and act like somebody's question is ridiculous. At least they didn't call on somebody passed away at a press conference. And I want to thank all of you here, for including bipartisan elected officials like Representative Governor, Senator Braun, Senator Booker, Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Jackie's not there because she's dead, Joe Biden. She died shortly before you tried to call on her in a meeting. Eight days in a horrific car accident that was national news. And he named a building in her honor before he tried to call on her in a meeting. So who's the stupid son of a blink now? America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was in the foot, him, uh, foot, foot, excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with Xi Jinping traveling with him. And that's we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. This guy, of all people, doesn't get to criticize the media and doesn't get to call anybody stupid. I'm sorry. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show. We are jam packed. Coming up uh, a little bit later on, we've got tickets to go see the Eagles. <laughs> Eagles tickets to give away <laughs> later on. Guy Relford is going to join us to talk about Jefferson Shreve, a.k.a. Hogset 2.0. Rob Kendall's going to go off the rails. Oh, we got legendary. a lot of good stuff coming up. Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige today. So let's ask the question everybody has probably thought about at some point in their life. What would you do if you won the lottery? Because the Powerball right now is at $875 million. How big is the? Uh, how big am I getting paid out? So let me break it down here. Uh, somebody broke this down in terms of taxes and everything else. So with $875 million, let's say that you took the lump sum instead of the annual payments, okay? You're going to end up with around $378.8 million. This is from the CEO of a financial group. Then there's a mandatory 24% federal withholding tax, lowering your winnings to $90.9 million. And then that 24% comes off the top, but you're still responsible for another 13% at some point. So your $875 million keeps going down, down, down. Still a very comfortable $80-plus million. I think that uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to spend that money uh, to go over time to a bunch of events where the dress code is supposed to be, like, really fancy. And I'm going to be wearing, like, khakis and a floral shirt. So just, like, like <laughs> dressing like me, Bernie's basically. Yeah, 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 just in the back. And just be really obnoxious. They can't throw me out, though, because I spent all that money on a ticket. And just be in all of the shots. for So all of the, you know, the Oscars, you know, the Met for the next several years, all of the stock photos are just ruined by me with a t-shirt that doesn't quite cover my belly, leaning back and laughing. That's money well spent. And this brings us to 
great moments and local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Hammer and Nigel present great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. I'm here with someone else who has gotten their ticket. Now, James, you bought your ticket. What are you going to do with that money if you win? Well, I'm definitely going to get a, a new supercharged Mustang with dual exhaust and about five kilos of cocaine, and I'll be good to go. <laughs> okay, so you like cars. You like yeah, cars. Great moments <laughs> in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. And he's not the only one that has given an answer similar to that. One more time, just because we might not feel enriched enough, great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Hammer and Nigel present great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Sir, can I ask you what your lucky numbers are? Uh, I'm going to pick 14, 24, 2, 7, and 15. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, not good. <laughs> Great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock My name is Jason Hammer. Big Nige is out. Tony Kennett, investigative reporter for the Daily Signal, is in. That's right. When you think about big mistakes, you think about new Coke, right? That might mm. still be the standard bearer. Think about freedom fries after after 9-11. Yep. And maybe you think about Jefferson Shreve, the Republican, Republican candidate for mayor who comes out today and says, you know that whole anti-gun thing that Joe Hogsett rolled out where he's giving a middle finger, not one, but two to all of you legal citizens who just want to protect yourself and your family. If you want to have the right to carry, well, Jefferson Shreve just gave you all the finger. His public safety plan in essence is exactly what Joe Hogsett rolled out a couple weeks ago. Now, in no way is this ever going to pass from the Republican House here in Indiana. But the fact that this guy became Hogsett 2.0 and just lost the election today, I feel like that's a big deal. And by the way, we want to make that very crystal clear to those who are listening, because you may not have caught it. The Republican candidate for mayor just came out and endorsed Hogsett's gun ban proposals and actually says, you know, unlike Hogsett, I'll keep Indianapolis safe by banning AR-15s and handguns and raising the purchase age of firearms to 21, which, by the way, the Supreme Court's already torn apart. Uh, but this genius says that's the plan. It's amazing because in the primary, the mayoral primary, everyone just assumed that all three candidates that had the kind of the, the opportunity to get votes were uh, were a shoe-in for fighting for individual liberties when it came to things like gun ownership. The pro-2A crowd is a crowd you can't afford to lose. If you're a Republican and you lose the pro-2A crowd, you've lost the election. And Joe Hogsett was vulnerable. He's a beatable candidate. There are all types of rumors out there about this guy. He went missing during the riots. He's the man responsible for some of the worst homicide years in history 
in Indianapolis, and Jefferson Shreve volunteered to lose the election today. And this is great because I'm actually watching on Twitter his little commercial for this right now, and it's not actually taken on the streets. He didn't actually go outside. He's sitting in this really fancy hotel room or his house, like all polished white walls, gilded and fancy cabinets, and he's like, no neighborhood should be left behind. I will ban guns and we'll all be safe again. It's like, dude, who, who are you thinking that you were going to connect with on the streets of Indianapolis that they don't like Hogsett because of the safety issue. You're not going to suddenly become the rich Republican everyone loves because you pick up the one thing they don't like about Hogsett. It ain't going to happen. So his public safety plan that he rolled out that's on his website now that they created commercials and videos for basically says a guy like me who has concealed carry walks around downtown minds his own business, a law-abiding citizen. I've never been arrested. I pay my taxes. I support the police. I am the problem. But the criminals that repeatedly get a slap on the wrist from the justice system in Indiana, which is completely broken, no plan at all for that. I mean, this was such a disaster today. And I'm looking at some show social media posts. Which is just fan- these are some of the best social media. The response to this post that he's made. Because again, they didn't just make a press release. They released a whole commercial video for this. Right. It's brutal. I'm looking at Shreve for Mayor on Facebook. And these are just some of the comments. Steve, I supported you in the primary. Huge mistake. You're turning out to be Hogset Redo. I wasted my vote. Should have stayed with Abdul. At least he was honest with us. You just guaranteed Hogset will be reelected. I thought you were intelligent. Maybe you are and need a new team. This is ridiculous. Ryan, shame on you. This betrays the trust of those who work to support your candidacy. Denise, I signed up to do social media posts for you. You better believe I'm not doing that now. This goes on and on on Facebook, and now you're looking at Twitter. Oh, it's fantastic. So we've got just a host of them to go. We have uh, from a lady on fire. Well, you're done. Mickey Bitsko, Indiana, home of the rhinos. Brett Murphy, dead on arrival. Dave Rhodes, is this the bet Indy's got? You guys are screwed. Uh, The old bird, you've just ensured four more years of Hogset. And the national organizations are even starting to dunk on this goober. Uh, You have the National Association for Gun Rights uh, basically calling for Rakita to step in and denounce this clown as violating both Indiana state law and the Constitution itself. People are shredding this man. I I reached out in, in kindness, though. I said, you know, if any of your staff wants to maybe open a book or let's say the U.S. Constitution, so just to let me know. I mean, you're going to have a lot of free time after losing the election anyway. Hope they take me up on it. Jefferson Shreve lost the election today, and it kills me because Hogsett was beatable. Even Democrats don't like Joe Hogsett. The polling showed it. They tried to primary the dude. He's not popular, but he's going to win again because Jefferson Shreve was more interested in pandering to people who might consider possibly 
voting for him and then taking his pants down and taking a big Cleveland steamer dump on the people who had his back to begin with. And from from what I'm hearing inside the Indiana GOP right now, and I'm actually waiting back to hear from some various officials all the way from the Marion County GOP to the state GOP, a lot of them are surprised that he did this because this is not one of the policies that the Indiana GOP actually like leans in on. Even your more uh, moderate, let's call them, senators like uh, Kyle Walker, who didn't want constitutional carry to be a thing. He still wasn't for banning AR-15s. I'm amazed that Shreve inside his blissful mansion thought this is the Republican strategy to win Indiana, to win Indianapolis. It's such a wild move here, and it's extremely unnecessary. But I mean, it's just stupid. Did anybody ever watch professional wrestling? Did anybody at any point watch wrestling? This is kind of like when Hulk Hogan turned heel and joined the NWO. You thought you had somebody you could believe in. You thought you had somebody that would go against somebody you don't like. And at the end of the day, they joined forces. Jefferson Shreve is Hogset 2.0. And again, you're not going to find hardly anybody that hates Joe Hogshead as much as I do. As a resident of Indianapolis, as a taxpayer in Indy, as a guy that has family members in law enforcement, you're not going to find many people that have more disdain for that loser than I do. He's going to get reelected because Jefferson Shreve's act today. So here's what I'm going to do. And if you guys want to join me, that's fine. If not, it's not going to matter anyway. I'm leaving the mayor's race blank. Hogsett's going to win anyway at this point. Shreve doesn't care about you. Right. He's Hogsett 2.0. He cares about the people that don't vote Republican. He cares about the people that don't listen to WIBC or have conservative values. He made that perfectly clear today. He does not care about the Constitution. So I'm not going to reward him with a vote, and I sure as hell ain't going to vote for Joe Hogsett. It's a foregone conclusion. Four more years of boss Hogsett because this guy is a wiener and an idiot. I mean, it's so ridiculous. Fight! All we're asking for is fight back. You've got a puncher's chance. Okay. You've got a lot of money. Okay. Fight back. Okay, okay. Now, now to be fair, uh, this is the reason that I've been harping over the last several months that people need to actually give a crap about the primary. This is why you care. This is why you get out and you vet candidates and you ask them tough questions. This is why when they give you blase, basic, nonsensical answers like, I believe in freedom and prosperity, you give them the middle finger because those aren't answers. And if you want to keep electing the same Greg Holcomb, nonsensical, blase, block of marble Republicans who don't pass laws, who don't do anything good except for give little subsidy back butt pats to their corporate donors, then you deserve this. If you don't get involved in the primary, you are going to get this. If you don't get involved in your county's GOP, this is what you're going to get. And I know he's got some staff members and there are some Republican Folks in Indy listening right now that probably aren't happy with me. Well, guess what? I'm not happy with you, so bite me. Uh, Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige here. Real quick, before we hit a break, we've got some information in regards to that Greenwood Park Mall shooting last July. The shooting where Eli Dickin was the hero and eliminated the threat by killing the gunman. In an incredible shot. I mean, just the distance on that and and precisely put, just a, just an incredible man. He saved a ton of lives. But keep in mind, that's somebody that Jefferson Shreve feels like shouldn't have had a gun in the first place. Oh, yeah. Constitutional carry. Oh, can't have that. Can't have people defending those around them. The horror. 
Unfortunately, some people did lose their lives in that shooting. And finally, the phone was unlocked of this lunatic that shot them all. So a little backtracking here. The phone has been in the hands of the FBI in Virginia since the shooting took place July 17th, 2022. In May of this past year, the FBI was successful in unlocking the cell phone and getting the data stored on the phone. There were 206 videos, around 3,500 images. Also recovered were notes kept on the phone, some cell and text logs, internet searches. Uh, There were pictures of Hitler. There were Nazi propaganda, pictures of extremely graphic killings. The most notable, notable discovery I'm reading here was a handwritten note taken in April 9th of 2020, which appears to be a suicide note by the gunman. He calls it my final thoughts on paper, and he mentions, I'm a sociopath, I want to hurt people. So this lunatic felt this way for about two years. All these thoughts in his mind were festering and building up until that fateful day at the Greenwood Park Mall. Uh, Police say nothing located on the phone was related to the Greenwood Park Mall specifically Mm -hmm. or the gunman's plans to carry out the attack that day. Just a demented, screwed up individual. And man... I hate that people lost their life, but I'm thankful for people like Eli Dickin. Absolutely. And Jefferson Shreve feels like, well, he should have had that gun to begin with. Unreal. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Is this anything? All right, let's rock and roll. Rock and roll. Tony Kennett is filling in for Big Nige today, and this is how we're going to do Is This Anything? Oh, yes. I'm going to run some stories by the Tonus. Let's go. He's going to break down all the information. He'll tell us if the story in question is anything you or not. You know this is my favorite. This is my favorite. Let's go. Let's get started. Is this anything? Bridal Chaos. A bridal boutique in Texas suddenly closed down because they defaulted on their rent, which means a lot of soon-to-be brides were left without their dress that they ordered for their upcoming weddings. Here is one of their customers and her fiancé talking about the situation. I spent most of that day last Saturday crying. Their Facebook account went missing. Their Instagram went missing. Their Pinterest went missing. And we're still waiting for the instructions, which we, at this point, know we're not going to get. That anything? I mean, it sucks for all of the, the well, not all the people involved. Um, for all of the, the brides who are eagerly awaiting their dresses, that's absolutely horrible. If you're some kind of a scumbag that can't be honest enough with your customers, uh, that you're not just going to, you know, close, you, you miss your rent or whatever, but you're also going to just immediately delete social media and run, you deserve to be tracked down and hit with socks and soap bars. 
Yeah, I've seen my fair share of bridezillas DJing weddings over the year. I can't even begin to fathom the chaos of not having your bridal gown. One of the events I DJed, I ran into Allison long before she was the uh, producer of this program, and long before Tony Katz had broken her spirit. I ran into Allison <laughs> at some event. Where was that? Do you remember what I'm talking about, Allison? Yes, and where was this? Avon? I think so. I Avon, think so. maybe? Yeah, I was. I just started uh, producing Tony's show, and I just heard someone say uh, the bride's name, and I was like, I know that voice. And then I realized <laughs> it was you. You were in the corner with your son, Chris. Yeah, we had a good time that night. Yeah, it was you, fun. It was awesome. Uh, but you can imagine what it would be like, right? I, I'm obviously not a bride. Tony is not a bride. Uh, You're God. not married, but if you were you know, getting ready for your big day and you're stressing out and you're thinking about your makeup and your guests and the reception and to find out that your dress is not going to be there, I mean, I can't even begin to think about the chaos that would happen. I mean, besides the ceremony itself, that is the biggest thing about that day is that dress. And not, not only that, but that's a lot of money. I wonder if these people already paid in advance. I, I mean... That's a lot of pressure. Is this anything? A grizzly bear in Montana. Good start. Had been getting into chicken coops in the area. So it was placed in like an enclosure and then relocated. So what happened was they trapped this bear in like a big box, basically, and they relocated the box to the wilderness. Okay. Somebody put a video camera near that enclosure, and when they opened up the door for the bear to be released in the wild, the bear just bum rushes the camera. So if you've ever wondered what it would sound like to be in the wild and be attacked by a wild bear, take a listen. Okay. Okay, you're running? Yeah. Now, I've got video of this. The audio doesn't do the video justice. If you go on our Twitter page, at Hammer and Nigel, you might have to scroll down a little bit, because I posted this earlier. But the bear, the door comes open on this, looks like a little mini garage, mini barn, and the bear comes out and just makes a beeline and just ravishes the camera. Okay, remember earlier when you asked what I would do if I won the lottery? I would get a bear in a box and just find places (laughs) to release it. Also, I'm curious as to whether that audio is it one of those brides is going to sound like when she finds those jerks <laughs> who foreclosed before she got her dress. I just retweeted the bear video from ourselves, so it's at the top now. Cocaine bear too, folks. It's happening. <laughs> it's my bear in a box. <laughs> is this anything? Dateline, Nebraska. A YouTuber is selling a renovated missile silo. Yes. That he bought for $550,000 last year. Yes. He spent 45 days transforming it into an underground house and is now selling it for $750,000. Here is Andrew Flair talking about the unique home. I wanted to sell it as a turnkey. You could literally live down there if you wanted to. Property, movie theater screen, and popcorn machine, and foosball table. I thought, if you're going to stay underground, you, you need to have a little extra things to make it feel you know, more comfortable. 
That anything? Oh, it's the best thing I've ever heard. It is fantastic. <laughs> I mean, it, we're talking about good news right there. That's that's the American dream is taking some old governmental facility and turning it into this the most fantastic prepper bunker in existence. I love it. That's that's the dream. Is owning a missile silo can't get more libertarian than that. And this guy's name was Andrew Flair, which brings us to great moments in Flair history. When royalty <laughs> is on the phone, you answer that call. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining us now on the Hammer and Nigel show. Show, uh, a gentleman that needs no introduction. He is a limousine riding, jet airplane flying, wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, son of a gun. Woo! Ladies and gentlemen, Ric Flair, the hey, Nature Boy, yeah. joins us. Good morning, guys. And I'm having a hard time keeping his alligators down. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Love it. Great moments in Flair history. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. It's The Hammer and Nigel Show, but Nigel's not here. Tony Kennett is filling in. That's right. Tony Kennett is an investigative reporter at The Daily Signal. Your wheelhouse, though, is education. That's true. You are a longtime educator here in the state of Indiana, and you write a lot of national articles about what you're finding out with education, some of the ridiculous things that go along with it. You may have heard this story in one of our newscasts earlier, but Indiana school scores are now in. The state of Indiana released their statewide I Learn test results, some obviously better than others. Uh, Brownsburg Community Schools, they tested the top for English, math, and both assessments as a school corp at 64.3%. They also lead the state in forcing kids to eat vomit, but that's neither here nor there. I was going to say, yeah, they don't, do they actually test how, how much you abuse special education students in that test as well? Because, I mean, yeah, that first place is definitely deserved. Carmel Clay Schools coming in, too. But there's a lot of places that are still struggling. Yeah, that's true. I mean, let's take a look. So the argument that's always made here is that when you spend lots of money on a school, then the students do better. And so you would expect that these iLearn test results would reflect that. However, when you look at, let's say, a school that spends a lot of money, oh, Indianapolis Public Schools, which spends an ungodly amount of money per student, didn't do very well on the iLearn test results. Oh, wow, what a shock. And I also do want to bring up that a, a that Brownsburg getting 64 0.3% of its students uh, that are, are doing well in English and math is not necessarily something to brag about. That is not a great score. It's not. I, I just don't look at something that would be a failing grade on any piece of homework and say, yeah, that's that's good. That's really what we're here for. I, especially when I'm seeing private schools and, and certain charter organizations that are doing so much better with so much less. So what's the problem? Like, If anybody could answer this honestly, I feel like it would be you. Is this a matter of parents at home just not taking an interest in their kids and, you know, kind of writing them to do their homework, making them do their, you know, responsibilities in the classroom? Was this COVID missing a year or two really affecting a lot of learning growth for some of these students? What's the problem? So COVID is a little bit of it, but mostly it's a problem with priorities and it is a shared problem between parents and between the schools themselves. So kids go to schools and they actually don't spend a lot of time focusing on reading and math, not the data driven science that shows kids how to read, how to do advanced calculation. Not as much time is spent on that as we used to spend on those subjects as a society. Then the kid goes home and a lot of the parents look at their kids and go, 
oh, I know you don't like homework. I'm just going to trust that you're doing it. You know, I, my, my Johnny's just such a good kid. I love him so much. And then the kid doesn't do their work. There are no consequences. There are no expectations. And so when it comes time to assess what the kids know, they know very little at all. And and we don't only see this in English and math, but we see this in, in, stud, in subjects like science and also civics. So how do you fix this is actually spend time studying what you want the kid to learn and then hold the kid to learning it. Right now we have an education system of excuses uh, instead of achievement. And this is where it's gotten us. So trying to make a case for the students here, are these tests really any sort of real indication of what's going on in the classroom? Because I'm going to go back to when I was a student. I was really good at English. Boy, did I stink at math. So I probably would have been a liability here. But my career, you know, I use English. Some would say very poorly, but I use (laughs) English, literary things, communication skills. Very few times has algebra made its way into my daily preparation for my career. Okay, so I want to bring up two things. First of all, there's a comment in in the YouTube chat that I actually disagree with. Normally, the thing is, is, well, we just need like really advanced subjects in high school, like advanced calculus and advanced biology and advanced chemistry. No, you don't. You do not need super advanced. It is not going to benefit 90% of students in schools to take advanced AP classes so that they can end up never using any of those in the college subjects if they go to college, which most people should not. So what do you need to do with students instead? Make them really, really, really good at the fundamentals before you start stacking on a bunch of advanced nonsense. I mean, I, again, this is what the Big Ten is supposed to be known for, right? Is a bunch of fundamentally sound players who don't do a bunch of fancy stuff, but we have the fundamentals down. They're always reliable. But our K-12 through schools, when it comes to academics, no, we start diversifying off into all kinds of nonsense. Make sure every kid can read and write before you put them on a bunch of advanced nonsense that's going to be a waste of time, just so that you can say, well, our students are all getting their associate's degrees in high school. We do all of this stuff. The kid can't write their own name, yet they're taking advanced calculus. Right. So do you feel like, and we talked about this the other day, there needs to be a place in every classroom, not just suburban classrooms, inner cities as well, about life skills, things that you need to do as an adult, how you handle certain situations, a class where they teach you a budget, a class where they teach you the bare minimums of cooking for yourself, making something to eat. Which we do have, by the way. What you do if you get pulled over by the police. And and again, basic civics, home economics, and budgeting, and personal finance are subjects that are taught in the vast majority of Indiana schools. But not all of them, though. Not all of them, that's true. But a lot of the schools, and I hear that a lot of students complain, no one ever taught me how to make a budget. No one ever taught me. First of all, your parents should have taught you how to make, make a budget. Parents out there, if you can't teach your kids how to make a budget, you're failing as a parent, period. That's very important to note. It's not the state's responsibility to teach your kid how not to be stupid with money. Number two, it should be pointed out that once a kid reaches a certain age, they have to want to succeed. And we do a lot of work telling our kids that they don't have to want to succeed with a lot of SEL and CRT and a lot of other political nonsense. But if a kid gets into high school and decides they don't want to learn, it's a lot of their own fault. And if you don't want to pay attention, I don't want to hear you complain later when, oh, no one taught me how to read, make a budget, do my taxes. Oh, yeah, I taught you how to do that. You weren't listening. You sat in the back on your phone because our school doesn't have a policy that tells you to put your phone up, Kenny. So where do problem teachers come into the situation here? Because I know there are some 
teachers that walk into a classroom and these kids are ridiculous. They're out of control. In some cases, they're violent. I understand that. Being a teacher is not easy. But at the same time, there are also some fresh out of university teachers that are so hell-bent on indoctrinating kids and pushing ridiculous bullcrap down their throats as opposed to wanting to be tough. There's a lot of teachers that want to be friends with these people in the classroom and not their teacher. Teachers who want to be mommy and want to be loved and accepted and they just got out of Ball State and they're in the classroom and their classroom looks so pretty. It's decorated like Harry Potter, Jason. It's going to be so (laughs) great. And the kids come in there and they don't care because they found a teacher they can walk all over and they absolutely do. As I enjoyed my first year when I was at Knightstown, I got to see another new teacher who was walked all over by her students and it left her in tears daily. My kids had expectations. Shocker. My kids did well. I think advanced subjects, of course, should be in school, but I think we should probably be focusing on the trades and things that are actually going to give kids a step up in this economy rather than preparing them for some kind of a business degree or a psychology degree or something that's worth about as much as a Starbucks barista position. Tony Kennett filling in for Big Nige today. Man, sucks to live in Oakland. Did you see this story? Their 911 wasn't working for about 26 to 27 hours in Oakland. Uh, so if you witnessed a crime, if you were being robbed, if you needed medical attention, sucks to be you. They had technical issues. That's what they're calling it. Their words, technical issues that impacted the dispatch service. And it got so bad that 911 was shut down for 27 hours during a weekend. And this is incredible to me because what you really want is an emergency responsive service that responds to emergencies, right? This is one of those common sense things that we all understand. Can you imagine being in a situation where you are counting on the one thing that we all know to be true is that when you pick up the phone and dial 911, 911 emergency operations is the voice that comes on the line. If you get a dial tone or God forbid is not in just California, but different cities across Nevada, uh, Chicago, even a little bit of Indianapolis for a few days there, you get an answering machine for non-emergency procedures. It's incredible. I, I don't understand how they expect us to trust these politicians who are supposed to be governing these cities. If you can't even get someone over to your house to put out the fire it's currently engulfed in. Which brings us to great moments in 911 history. This was the guy that called 911 because he was afraid he had OD'd on weed. I think I'm having an overdose of this, so is my wife. Overdose of what? Marijuana. I don't know if it had something in it. Can you please send rescue? Did you guys have fever or anything? No, I'm just, I think we're dying. How much did you guys have? I I don't know. We made brownies. (laughs) Time is going by really, 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 really slow. Great moments in 911 history. Dateline, Florida. Like on police department up at 508. I've got a problem. Or you guys got one before they, somebody gets ran over. There's two guys sitting at a table in the middle of the crosswalk in the middle of a green light eating pancakes. That was a little <laughs> unusual. We do have unusual. He's got one of the guys who's got a mouth full of gold teeth cussing everybody. So two dudes set up a table, had a pancake breakfast under a crosswalk traffic light. And last but certainly not least, this was the 911 call when a certain someone broke into a pizza hut. Halfway 911, what is your emergency? 
Yes, this is Jesus Christ, and I just broke into the Pizza Hut. I broke the window, and I'm here. Jesus is here now. He's back. He's back to earth. All right, and uh, <laughs> you don't work there? No, I just broke in, had a pizza. I'm Jesus. And what was your name again? My name is Jesus. What's your last name, Jesus? Christ. <laughs> okay. And what do you look like? I look like Jesus. What else do I supposed to look like? Why? Why'd you do that? Because I'm Jesus. I can do whatever I want. We're uh, tired of Judas's on this earth. We're going to clean this earth up. <laughs> so what are you up to? Well, where do you live at? I don't. I'm from heaven. <laughs> How'd you get over over to the Pizza Hut? I'm from heaven, sir. Okay. And did you break a front window? Yeah, I broke the door window, sir. And did you eat a pizza? Yeah. Had a Mountain Dew. <laughs> Jesus, Mountain Dew guy. A lot of people didn't know that. Great moments in 911 history. Hammer. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. And Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? So let's rock it! I have not been this fired up in a long time. I mean, I'm hot, I'm ticked off, and I'm disappointed. The Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Tony Kennett from the Daily Signal filling in for Big Nige. Absolutely. Earlier today, Jefferson Shreve, Republican candidate for mayor, going up against Boss Hogsett, announced his safety plan. And his safety plan, in essence, is the same thing that Joe Hogsett wants to do. If you don't believe me, Here's their official commercial. Here's the truth. Jefferson Shreve supports a ban on assault weapons and the repeal of permitless carry. It's part of his plan to make Indy safe. Get the police back at full strength and invest more in mental health because public safety will be Shreve's number one priority from day one. Read the plan at ShreveForMayor.com. So being anti-law-abiding citizen with the right to defend yourself is the hill that Jefferson Shreve is going to die on. His campaign is toast. We had to bring Guy Relford into this. The gun guy is here. Normally, Monday is gun day. But with this nonsense, we had to get you in the mix. Oh, yeah. And, and by the way, consider this. You said it's the same plan. Actually, when it comes to so-called assault weapons, which we know is a ridiculous political term, but leave that aside, when it comes to assault weapon, his plan takes it a step farther. If you go to his website and read what he's actually proposing, it's actually to not only ban the sale of so-called assault weapons, as the Hoxit plan is, is to ban them all together. So to even include the possession of them. So if I, as a licensed professional firearms instructor, go to a range to practice with my rifle in Marion County, this guy, a Republican, would say that's illegal. So it, he goes a step beyond Hoxit with that when, when when it comes to that, and that's right on his website. And what fires me up the most is that Hogsett was beatable. Hogsett's vulnerable. Even Democrats know his polling numbers were bad. People tried to primary him. They were concerned. What he tried to do with his gun plan 
which is never going to get approved at the state house anyway, was a Hail Mary to try to better his poll numbers. And Jefferson Shreve, he had a puncher's chance in this thing. Hogsett may very well have been the favorite here, Tony, but he had a chance. And now he's crapped all over his base of law-abiding citizens. So there's an interesting concept that I've heard reiterated through one member of the Indiana GOP who's been talking to me this afternoon, trying to get a little bit of light on what's really going on here. It's, well, it's a trying to cross-market approach, trying to draw away some Democrat support from Hogsett and, and kind of trying to amplify himself. But this is the exact opposite of how you would do something like this. Nor it would be more it would make more sense for a Democrat mayoral candidate to say, I think Hossett has screwed up guns in Indianapolis and, and citizen safety. So I'm going to do this more Republican thing on safety and then be a Democrat everywhere else. That would be the strategy. Instead, Hog, like, I can't even believe that Shreve went ahead with not only screwing over his chances with Republican voters, but Democrats who don't like Hogsett, that's the policy they don't like. Well, see, and that's really the point. And this is something I've been talking about this afternoon. And this is this is not the part of it that, that, that has been focused on thus far. Yeah, he's pissed off a whole bunch of us that were formerly in his base. Yeah, he's blaming us, exactly as you said, Jason, for crime in Indianapolis. But but look, if you're in any fight, I don't care if it's a, a fight for the, you know, on the election of, of the indie mayor or you're sizing up some dude you're about to get in a fist fight with what are you doing you're, you're thinking about your strengths you're thinking about their weaknesses where is joe hogs at the weakest right now where is joe hogs at the weakest crime in the city yeah right. look out your window right look out what he's had to do to monument circle to save face on the violence in downtown Indy. exactly so if you're thinking wow that's my opponent's weakness the last thing on earth you want to do is give him a free pass on their weakness because what joe hogs is going control proposal was. It was total distraction. It was sleight of hand. It's like, oh no, it's not about the, the Hogsett administration being weak on crime. It's not about the Hogsett administration not supporting IMPD and allowing them to do their jobs to, to repress crime in Indianapolis. It's not about Democrat Ryan Mears being soft on violent criminals and turning them right out back onto the street. It's not about any of that. It's about the guns. It's about the, not only about the guns, but it's the guns in the hands of law-abiding citizens under constitutional carry. So that was Hogsett's diversionary campaign to, to, to hide and detract from his biggest weakness, which is crime. And if you're running against him for mayor, why on God's earth would you give him a free pass on his biggest weakness and say, "Wow, I agree. It's not about it's not about Hogsett's policies. It's not about the Democrat City County Council. It's not about Ryan Mears. It's not about being weak on crime and not supporting IMPD. It's about the guns and it's about law-abiding citizens. That is the biggest tactical mistake in a campaign in the history of political oh, for, campaigns. For, forget tactical mistake. It's just stupid. I, again, it's he, just stupid. And, and he went to the left of Hogsett. He didn't just say, oh, I think that well, Hogsett has a point here. Maybe I'm going to do a more moderate version of that. He is a Republican who went to the left, to the gun confiscatory left of the sitting Democrat mayor. Oh, my God. <laughs> exactly. So, Guy, take it. we got Guy Relford in studio, Tony Kennett of The Daily Signal. Guy, do you believe, and I believe this, that the election was lost by Jefferson Shreve today? Put a fork in it. Absolutely put a fork in it because he gave Hogsett a free pass on his biggest weakness and he pissed off a huge number of people that were otherwise going to be in his base. And by the way, as I, it, as I was driving to, to my office today, right after that announcement came out, I had 
14 different text messages that all said some version of um, Joe Hawks had just won the election today. And I had no idea what they were talking about because I hadn't seen Shreve's announcement yet. And I, I'm like, wow, what happened? I mean, did Shreve get you know arrested or I mean, what, what's going on here? Right. It took me to get, to, you know, the time to get to my office to figure out what had happened. So it's not just my perception. Uh, put a fork in it. He's done. And 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 you know what? The thing is, I'm mad about it. I'm angry. Me too. About because there was a shot. I'm I'm no, but I'm mad because it was so colossally stupid. Because we all, I mean, we're sitting here right now having a discussion that helps Joe Hogsett. Yeah. Right. Anybody who listens to this this conversation who was maybe even partially undecided on this election, we didn't sway them in favor of of Jefferson. No, Shreve. we've convinced them not to vote in the Indy mayoral election. That's right. That's the point, and that's what exactly what's. And by the way, I got that comment on social media fifty different times today. Well, I'm just not going to vote. I live in Marion County. I'm just not going to bother to show up. It's decided now, anyway. The Marion County GOP needs to censure him now. Let's, like, let's talk about real honest to God. What but are they going to do? it's too late now. You know who he is. I know it's too late. That's a really interesting I know it's point. Like, but I, the Marion County GOP right now, you need to censure this candidate. I don't care if Abdul or whoever out there gets up 500 write-in votes in the mayoral election. The Indianapolis, the Marion County GOP, censure this man. He is not a Republican. He doesn't stand for conservative, traditional, or libertarian values. Censure him. He's a coward and a liar. I am a tax-paying resident of Indianapolis, Indiana. My parents live here. My family lives here. I believe in concealed care. I mean, when you see the crime in this city, you want to protect yourself and you want to protect your family. What I heard from the Republican candidate today was that guys like me are the problem, not these lunatics that can't legally get a gun in the first place that are out there creating most of the problems. His plan was designed to pander to people that guys like me are the problem. Well, keep in mind that the city of Indianapolis can't define a crime. They can't pass a law. if If the Indiana General Assembly gave him permission to tomorrow, the city of Indianapolis can't put you in jail. Whether it's concealed carry or, or carrying without a license or, or, or possessing a, a so-called assault weapon, all they can do is fine you. So what he's done in this proposal, he's not he's not, not only done upset law-abiding citizens like us, he's not only given Joe Hogsett a free pass on his biggest vulnerability by far, but he's actually trying to convince voters that 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 a violent criminal is going to be deterred from committing some, a crime like murder or, in, or or facing the death penalty or 60 years in prison because he's going to be afraid of a fa- a fine, literally a fine. That's all I can do to you is fine you. He's right. going to be afraid of a fine. So that return, whatever that return is on this political investment, which is zero in my mind, that's what he's saying is worth this proposal, is the idea that a violent criminals going to be deterred by a fine by the city of Indianapolis under the Shreve uh, administration. That's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. This act of stupidity, and that's what it was, it was stupid, from Jefferson Shreve today, just rewarded a guy 
that went missing mm-hmm. during the riots. Yep. This act of stupidity rewarded one of the worst mayors this city has ever seen. The guy that's at the top of the totem pole. When you look at the worst years of homicides and crime in this city. Before constitutional carry was ever a thing, by <laughs> exactly. the way. So again, I, this is what happens when you hire political science majors right out of college to work on your campaign. They don't know anything. They think they know everything. And these goobers are pretending that, oh, if you get rid of constitutional carry, then gun violence will go down, even though gun violence was higher before that passed. Exactly. 100%. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Dear Marion County GOP, if you endorse this, you pee sitting down. I'm making that statement right now. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. Uh, The gun guy, Guy Relford's here. Tony Kennett is here. We're talking about Jefferson Shreve's plan, which is really Joe Hogsett's plan. Don't be fooled into thinking it's something different. It's damn near the exact same thing. Now, Tony, you mentioned earlier, you know, who's running the campaign for Jefferson Shreve? Is it political newbies? Somebody who shall remain anonymous sent me a text, said that Shreve's campaign is actually loaded with uh, political operatives who are very seasoned, Uh, but they think they know better than anybody in the city. They think they're the smartest people in the room. Okay, well, let's see it then. Let's see it, smartass. Let's see it. I've got a much bigger platform than they've got. I feel pissed off. I feel insulted. So, again, this is a bad idea. And if the Marion County GOP supports this, they should be ashamed of themselves. And we were rooting for Jefferson Shreve. See that? Right. That's- Nobody hates Joe Hogsett more than I exactly. do. Exactly. If I woke up this morning and somebody <laughs> said, hey, you're going to go on Hammer and Nigel today and say something's going to help Joe Hogsett get reelected, I would have told them they were the biggest idiots on the planet. But, oh, no, here I am saying this guy's got no chance. And and I, I I desperately wanted him to win this election, and the, the city needed someone other yes. than Joe Hawkset. Well, but apparently not, because you know what? At the end of the day. We, we don't have to worry too much about that because he just revealed himself to be another Joe Hogsett. It's Hogsett 2.0. That's what the election the is. So let's go to the uh, the phone lines here. Again, try to keep it brief. Please keep it clean. Jeff, rock and roll. What do you got? Hey, uh, thank you very much. I graduated high school with John Durham, and I just I want to convey my condolences and prayers to his family. We've got to stop this crap. This this is the capital city of this state. And John's death is, is the direct result of the negligence of this mayor, the city council, and this worthless prosecutor. And if we just keep doing the same things over and over again, this crap is never going to change. We've got to do something better. We've got to clean house and start over. The, the law-abiding gun owners of this county are not the gun problem. It's the gangbangers. Jeff, thank you so much. Eric, you're up next. Eric, go ahead. Hey, guys. Uh, Bud Light made better decisions than this fool. Ugh. That's all I got. 
Thank you. You're right. So we made the joke earlier. Did Shreve hire Heiner Schneid to run the thing? No, he hired Matt Organ. I just got a fancy tip that was just verified. Matt Organ is a guy. He's Matt Organ 5 on Twitter. Uh, and and he's a proud Hoosier and a storyteller. So he is, and he doesn't look old to me. He's super seasoned where he used to be with Hathaway Strategies. And uh, yeah, yeah, he's the guy advising Jefferson Shreve to ban AR-15s. What a just, just stupid, stupid. Joe, you're up next on the Hammer and Nigel show. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm, um, Abdul's a lawyer, uh, Guy's a lawyer. If there's not some legal way to get Shreve's butt off of the ticket and Abdul's on there, then we need to print up however many hundreds of thousands of registered voters there are in Indiana with Abdul Hakeem Shabazz's name so they can go and take that to the polling place with them and write him in. Yeah, unfortunately, there's there's no legitimate way of doing that. But I'll tell you what, uh, right now, guys, I'm announcing my write-in campaign for mayor of Indianapolis. I don't live in Mary in Marion County, so I can't be um, mayor of Indianapolis. But if you, if you want to say, you know what, I care about Second Amendment rights in Indianapolis, when you go vote, this next election, you know, right in Guy Relford as mayor of Indianapolis, because that, that's just a way of giving a big middle finger. I won't do that on camera. A big middle oh, finger. Oh, you can. I do it all the time. Oh, uh, that's so good to know. <laughs> a big middle finger to the proposals from both of these candidates that want to blame the Second Amendment for crime in Marion County. Uh, let's go to Tony. Tony, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel show. Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Hey, uh, well, number one, I think maybe somebody's paying them off. Number two, can they put Shabazz as an independent? No. Anyway? No, man, I think that bridge has already uh, been brought down, unfortunately. Yeah, the candidates are the candidates at this stage. And as uh, Tony pointed out earlier, Tony Kennett, uh, this is why the primaries are important. Not a lot of people go out in primaries. This is why you got to do your homework here. Rick, welcome to the Hammer and Nigel Show. Well, I'll tell you what, I heard, when I heard this on the news, I almost drove off the road. I mean, it was like hearing Joe Hogsett again. Uh, I, 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 of course, I was rooting for Abdul in the primary also, but I thought, well, you know, we've got to get busy. Uh, I don't live in Indianapolis, but I work there all the time. And, uh, uh, you know, it's just it's been an absolute disaster. And I can't believe that whoever advised this guy, he made this kind of a statement. I mean, just this was just Joe Another four years for Joe Hawkson, unfortunately. One hundred percent. Hey, uh, I, Matt, I, I know I'm I'm told that Matt and some people of the Shreve t- team are currently listening to the show. And I want to ask you real quick. You hear these people on the phone? These are voters that you're not going to have come November. Good work. You, you hear the guy hosting the show? I was ready to have your sign in my lawn. I'm that much against Joe Hogsett. But you've soiled your base here because you had to be the smartest people in the room. You just took a big crap all over everybody. And I've got a much bigger signal than you nerds have. And every single day, now until November, I'm going to remind people how they don't give a damn about you. And I would have been on my show between now and the election talking about how important it was to a elect Jefferson Shreve. You think I'm going to do that now? And again, it's not just upsetting his base and, and completely divesting himself of his base. It's given Joe Hogs a, a pass, a complete free pass on his biggest vulnerability. Who who makes a decision like that in a campaign? It's negligent beyond belief. Also, your 90s Labor Democrats who were absolutely ticked off at Hogsett for screwing the pooch on that. Again, this is the, that's the one issue they had with Hogsett. Why would you adopt 
adopt that issue for you and therefore make it impossible for those 90s Labor Democrats, how few they are remaining, what are you to all, vote for you. Who are you going what, for here? Exactly. You're, what are you always trying to do as, as a candidate? You're trying to separate yourself from your opponent. What did he do? He just made himself a shadow of Joe Hogsett. It's the dumbest political move I've ever heard of. Uh, Sean, we're going to give you the last word here. Sean, go ahead. Yes, sir. Uh, I have two things to say. First thing is, number one, we got to back the Supreme Court and do everything we can because they're the ones who's changing it all around. And hopefully uh, they will make sure that we can still have our AR-15s in this city and our, in our magazines of 30 rounds and everything else because it is going to be our Second Amendment supported. First thing. Second thing is the guy who's advising Shreve, as my dad would say, dumber than a box of hammers. Hey! Hey! a shot at me here. What the hell? All right, Sean, thank you. Uh, Mr. Kennett, you brought something up. I couldn't quite see what it was. Hey, so if you guys want to go, you know, tell Shreve how you feel respectfully and kindly, as, as upstanding citizens should do, there is an event tonight to meet Shreve. <laughs> <laughs> at That's great the timing. 317 Barbecue over in Broad Ripple. It's tonight from 5.30, so it just started till 7.30. So if you don't want to go meet Shreve and tell him how you feel respectfully and kindly, I, I mean, you might go over to 317 Barbecue, which, by the way, does have really fantastic barbecue. Oh, sure. It's Absolutely. a great place. Great place. But, you know, if you want to go tell Shreve how you feel, maybe you stop over Broad Ripple. Get, get the Blueberry Burger, probably the best burger I've ever had in my life at 317 Barbecue. And then tell Jefferson Shreve how you feel. Tell Jefferson Shreve where he can shove that burger. Uh, (laughs) Guy Relford, thank you so much for coming in, my friend. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com. And talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! And now, Amory and Nigel go off the rails with Rob Kendall. On 93 WIBC. It is the Hammer and Nigel Show. I'm Jason Hammer. The Tonus, Tony Kennett with me today. And look who's in the studio. Mr. Off the Rails himself, Rob Kendall. Rob, how are you? Great. Thanks, as always, to our segment sponsor, Garage Doors of Indianapolis. I had planned to talk about your beef with the folks of Hamilton County. <laughs> but And we'll get to that. <laughs> but earlier today, Jefferson Shreve, the mayoral candidate for Indianapolis, rolls out his plan for public safety. Yeah. And basically, he's on board with what Joe Hawkset wants to do to law-abiding citizens and their firearms in Indianapolis. 
I am so disappointed, frustrated. Joe Hogsett won the election today, and I'm curious as to your thoughts. Well, look, I think we've talked about this before, that people... Look, Marion County is a very blue county. And as part of winning in Marion County, you've got to give people who otherwise would not vote for a Republican a reason to get outside their comfort zone and believe and vote for you. Greg Ballard did it in 2007. He did it again in 2011. The county is much more blue now, though, than it was then. And I don't think that being Joe Hogsett light is the answer for that. If people want that, they're going to vote for Joe Hogsett. Look, we all know where Joe Hogsett was during the riots. We all know what Joe Hogsett has been in terms of being just a thorn in the side of law enforcement in this in this city. Uh, in terms of public safety, he's been a disaster. He's been on the side of the criminals. He's condemned the cops. And you have so many opportunities to blast Hogsett and be aggressive in Hogsett's failures. Why adopt? Adopting part of his policies is a central thing you're, you're doing is a bit perplexing. So, again, Jefferson Shreve is endorsing all of Boss Hogsett's gun control proposals with the exception of concealed carry and mentioned today that he would go to the state house to fight for it. Now, again, I don't believe that that's going to happen, whether it's a Republican or a Democrat that's the mayor of this city. I don't think you're going to get all of the folks at the State House to say, wait, wait a minute, the mayor of Indianapolis might be right. I don't think that's going to happen. But people like me who live in Indianapolis, people like my mom and dad who have seen the decline of this city over the last eight years, you've got a vulnerable candidate in Joe Hogsett. He's getting beat up right now in the polls and rightfully so, and you're going to come out and be a wimp, just a total wimp to this guy. It's disgusting to me. Well, and, and so again, I think the reality is it's going to take a different sort of Republican to win in Marion County than other parts of the state. So Donald Trump is not going to come into Marion County and win. That doesn't mean, though, that you have to put out policies that don't want, they don't solve the issue. That's number one. And number two, I want everybody to listen to the disheartening nature of your voice. You are could be the biggest advocate for Jefferson Shreve. You could be a mobile campaign arm for this guy. You're an influential member of the media. And right now, you're basically saying to me, man, I'm done with this guy. And you're saying it because you see there is no difference really here. There is nothing to step out and right. say, uh, this is worth fighting for. It's like, it comes back to what I was talking about a moment ago. You have to give people a reason to believe. I don't know if you know I'm undefeated in elections. You had a perfect record. I am three and zero in campaigns. I've either run or been the candidate for. And I'm two and zero in class presidential <laughs> elections, and the boy is one and zero. So this is what, what we're saying here is, and, and you know, like with the, uh, one of the elections, I was out uh, out raised a hundred thousand to three thousand. So I know a bit about winning elections that you shouldn't win, and such a big part of this is giving people a reason to believe that you will be different and you will solve the issue. And I feel like a lot of this policy proposal today took that away from people, and I hear that in your voice. You know how much I hate, and hate's a strong word, I hate Joe Hogshead. Yeah. I hate what he's done to this city. I hate the way he treats law enforcement. I can't stand the man. I was probably this close to donating, not that Jefferson Shreve needs any more money, <laughs> but because I wanted to believe in the guy. I wanted to show that I believe in this candidate. 
I'm not giving that punk a dollar. I'm not giving him a penny of my money because it sounds like he's the same damn dude. Yeah, and I don't look. I'm not privy to the intricate workings of Shreve's campaign. I would guess they have done heavy polling that has showed whatever he's proposing, at least in their poll, may look good. I don't know that for a fact. What I do know, though, is that at the they're clearly trying to win people they haven't won yet. They're alienating people that they absolutely need to win. And look, part of it has to be when you're a candidate and you're you have an uphill climb, you have to tell people what you actually believe, and you have to be okay with losing. And you have to say, look, here is what I believe. Here's what I will do. Here is what is right. And the cards are going to fall where the cards are going to fall. Instead, he is taking away with a lot of these proposals the ability to play offense against Joe Hogsett. Joe Hogsett is the problem, and is vulnerable. Yeah, absolutely. Joe Hogsett. He hates the police. He's he's he has. Cre- I mean, then this goes way back before the riots. This is when he during the Aaron Bailey shooting when the cops were cleared and he condemns the prosecutor and then he condemns the merit board and it's always instead of rather hey this was a clean shooting these cops acted appropriately he has so often taken the path that the criminals are not the bad guys and you have such an opportunity to play offense against this guy and you're taking it away from yourself by adopting his policy proposals that don't work if they worked I would say great do them because I want the city fix they don't work I know there are staff members that listen to this radio station and listen to this program of Jefferson Shreve's team you lost today you lost the election today and I don't want to hear any more bull crap about well you don't understand what he wants to do no I'm a law abiding citizen I've got a firearm and you're going to tell me I'm part of the problem. You're going to go to the state house and fight against people like me who have never been arrested. I have a clean criminal history. That's amazing. Right? <laughs> Damn near a miracle. But you're going to say that people like me are the problem. You lost the election today. And I don't want to hear another damn word from Richie Rich, your candidate, because he's the same damn dude as Drinking McDrinkerton, who's in office right now. Joe Hawkset won the election today. Get ready, Al, here comes four more years. Yeah, I mean, look, the guy has infinite money, and I think we were kind of hopeful with the infinite money that maybe he would be able to use that in an aggressive campaign, because he does have the money to get on TV. He does have the money to be on radio. He does have the money to be digital and streaming. He's got the money to be a wimp. Well, and this is the point, though, right? I mean, again, and I, I hope they're hearing your voice, because look, I don't live in Marion County. I'm a Hoosier lifer. I work here. I'm invested in the capital city being the best it can be, because I know a thriving capital helps the suburbs, which is where I live, but I hope people are hearing your voice right now that work for him, because you are the people that they absolutely not only have to have voting for them, but they need people like you engaged to get other people to vote. And look, we joke and have a lot of fun with each other, ripping on each other, going back and forth, but in all seriousness, you are one of the most influential members of the media in the city of Indianapolis. You have the number one rated radio show, and the fact that they have lost you should be a giant red flag to them that I don't know what polling you did or whatever, but this is not good. Rob Kendall from the Kendall and Casey show joining us to go off the rails. So enough about my beef here. (laughs) You got your own stuff going on with the folks in Hamilton County. Now, I admit, I am not really up to speed with what's going on, what's got you so ticked off. So start from the very beginning here. Well, you know me, when it comes to the politicians, I don't like liars and I don't like betrayal. And those are the two things that will get you sideways with me. Reasonable people can disagree. But when you 
you do not hold up your end of the bargain to the taxpayer and you come on my radio show and others and you say, I'm going to be different, and then you get in there and you do the exact opposite, uh, that's it. We're done. And so there was a group of conservatives, supposed now proven fraudulent conservatives, last year who elected to the Hamilton Southeastern School Board. There were four of them. They ran on, we're going to clean up the wokeness, we're going to clean up the school system, we're going to clean up the DEI, we're going to be governed as conservatives. And last night, the four of them teamed together with the people who are clear Democrats from the board. One of them abstained, but nobody voted no, to put another tax increase referendum on the ballot this fall for the people who live in the Hamilton Southeastern School District. And you've been going back and forth with these folks. They haven't been shy about coming at you. Yeah, and it's pretty pathetic because their excuse is, well, we, we there's no other way. I mean, we've really studied this and there's no other way. Of course, that's wholly ridiculous that your only way to fund your government is violate people's right to tax caps. That's number one. Number two, and I think this is what just makes my blood boil, is their spin they're trying to make is, well, yeah, we're reapproving this referendum being on the ballot, but it's not as much as the last referendum. So, in a weird way, we're cutting your taxes. <laughs> it's like Joe Biden. Yeah, I'm responsible for the inflation being sky high, but it's down a little bit. You're welcome. So, it's the, it's the equivalent of, let's let's say, let's explain it to people like this. So, if your taxes right now were $100 without a referendum, and right now the taxes are $300 with the current referendum, these supposed fraudulent, phony conservatives are trying to act like they've done you a favor because now your taxes will just be $200 instead of $300, when in reality is if they actually did their job and actually got down to the nitty-gritty on that budget, because there's waste everywhere, there always is in school corporation budgets, your taxes would be $100. They lied to the people, they misled the people, and my phone was blowing up last night from people who not just voted for these guys and girls, but knocked on doors for them, supported them, and said, Rob, you got to do something because we are getting totally betrayed here. Joe Biden, gas is at $5 a gallon. It goes down. You're welcome. Look at all the savings you've got. And I think the disheartening thing, though, is this happens time and time and time again, where somebody tells you, you can believe in me. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be in there, and I'm going to fight. And people do it. And gosh darn it, Hammer, it seems like every darn time when it comes to stand and fight, they take the path of least resistance and then give you some bullcrap spin about how they're working on your behalf. Heard that today from Jefferson Shree. Yeah. So, yesterday, we got a lot of zingers from Capitol Hill, right? FBI Director Christopher Ray's there. He's taking shots from Matt Gates. He's taking shots from Chip Roy. We play the sound bites. We laugh. We think it's funny. All right, somebody's finally going after the FBI. But at the end of the day, not a damn thing is going to change. It's because the Republicans are weak, and we just saw with the most recent debt ceiling vote, the Republicans fully funded Joe Biden and all of his priorities. There's never any punishment for what happens. There's never any withholding of, of any monies. Um, and It kills I, me to say, the Democrats, they play for blood. Sure. They play to win. But the reality is, there is a minimal difference between the Republicans and Democrats. The Republicans and Democrats just fight over who they can dole the favors out to. I mean, they're basically the same group of people. There's minimal difference between them. And here's what people need to remember, and people get mad when I say this, but we're all big boys and girls here. Donald Trump appointed Christopher Wray director of the FBI. He didn't inherit him. It wasn't like he was stuck with him. He could have picked any person in the world he wanted to. And I remember at the time, many of us talking, going, if you want to clean up the FBI, this is not the dude. This is not the guy. Trump picked him. And for some reason, the only Trump people give Trump a pass on absolutely 
absolutely everything, despite time and time again, whether it's Bill Barr, Christopher Ray, Dan Coates, whoever, he put all these establishment cabal people in there, and yet he keeps getting a pass when he had, he created the, helped create the problem. You can't drain the swamp when you just replace one gator with another one. You're absolutely right. And Donald Trump had numerous opportunities, whether it was you know FBI, CIA, Department of Justice, to fix this issue, and he did not do it. And I don't get why it'd be you know, poll after poll, and we hear it from our audience. Well, it's not Trump's fault. How was Trump to know? Well, after you've been president for two or three years, you should probably know who the swamp people are. How's your baby? She's great. She's great. Uh, She's sleeper. Oh yeah, and uh, oh, you're lucky. Well, so here's the thing: my baby has a unique gift, Hammer, and it is to sleep all day, and then magically between the hours of midnight and 5 a.m. <laughs> well, gosh darn it, the party has started. She's ready to party, man. I'll tell you what, and you know this: you've got a couple kids of your own. Being a dad is the greatest feeling in the entire world. And I don't know if there was this moment for you, but the first time you hold your kid and you look at them, and you see yourself in their appearance. I mean, it's like with Christopher, there is no doubt who his daddy is, right? I mean, there's just there's no doubt. I'm sure you had that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this is totally my kid, and it is my absolute privilege to be this person's father. Special thanks to Garage Doors of Indianapolis. He's off the rails. He's Rob Kendall. This is the Hammer and Nigel Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.